Good morning. Welcome to the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. Be having your Bible ready this morning in Romans chapter 13. Welcome to a new year in your life. Our prayer and our hope is that during each day of the year, each one of us will keep Jesus Christ as our priority and that such a commitment will produce obedience and strength and hope as we engage life from day to day, good service to others and greater knowledge. Uh, there will be temptation <clears throat> in 2019. There will be hardship, perhaps, that we cannot foresee now. God enables us to handle adversity through the continued activity of our faith. Additional announcements will be made at the end of this service. However, two things came to my attention just before I came up here that I want to mention to include in our prayers and in the announcement considerations later on. Lois Rogers was here for the class time and then had to go home because she was feeling ill. Her health is fragile. We need to keep her in our prayers. Some of you may remember many years ago, Ed and Catherine Reeves were here as Winter Texans and participants in our work, and we received notice this morning that Catherine has passed away, uh, Edgar's widow. So we're praying for that family. This is from God through the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Rome. This book in the New Testament provides excellent teaching about the gospel of Christ. And then in the final chapters, there is instruction for Christians about discipleship, what we sometimes call daily Christian living, and what we refer to in our goals for 2019 as walking with Jesus daily. And this section includes these seven verses <coughs> in Romans chapter 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed 
revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Do you know what government was like in the time of Paul and these Christians in Rome? Government in Paul's time was the Roman Empire, led by the evil emperor Nero. About a decade after this was written, there is historical evidence that Paul was executed by that government. The Christians who received this epistle lived in Rome, the center of Nero's power. And I've often imagined, if Nero had written a daily memo or agenda for his administration, it is likely that every day's entry would include something about opposing those people who call themselves Christians. Paul knew how hostile Rome was to Christians. And certainly the Christians living in Rome who were in this church, who were this church, who were close to this hostility, knew Nero's purpose was to wipe them out. It can be said that the context of Romans 13 is the persecution of Christians. Because if you look back at chapter 12 at verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. And then in verse 17 of chapter 12, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. God knew his people were being persecuted. Paul knew it by revelation and experience. The Christians in Rome were not in the dark. It was a time when the government did more than sanction persecution. The government visibly every day was dominated by ungodly men who were determined to get rid of Christians. You've heard the expression, feed them to the lions. But what does it say right here? We cannot miss what is written here. It says, be subject to the governing authorities. Be subject to the governing authorities. Paul and his brethren didn't like what was happening. They were not in agreement with the government. They knew they were targets of the government. From a worldly standpoint, there was every justification to rebel, to take up arms against the government, to curse the government and rebel. But this says, from God, through Paul, to persecuted people in Rome, be subject to the governing authorities. What do we do with this today? Do we consider ourselves to be an exception to this rule? 
Do we argue situational ethics? Can we say that our situation is worse than Roman domination, therefore we can ignore what this says? Do we, in effect, throw out Romans 13 based on our level of disappointment or disagreement with what is happening? I want to speak to us about why we can't throw out Romans 13. I want to make that point. Today, I don't want us to impose hypotheticals on the text or create trails of thought that take us away from the principle. There will be no politics, just a reading and a study of God's Word knowing that we cannot throw out Romans chapter 13. First of all, let's begin right here. This is God's Word. You often hear me use that expression, from God through Paul. Or when we're in the book of Luke, I'll say, from God through Luke, or from God through James. I'm placing stress on the source. The New Testament is the Word of God. He used human writers, but the source is God. <clears throat> the text in Romans 13 is from God through Paul to persecuted Christians in Rome. It is today God's Word. And it says, it says there is no authority except from God. And God says here, be subject to the governing authorities here on earth. Can you think of any way this could have been written to be clearer? God is making something very clear to us. He is leaving no room for debate or situation ethics or any dismissal of the passage or the principle of the passage. From God, through Paul, to the Romans and for us, be subject to the governing authorities. I don't know what else that could mean, but abide by the law. Abide by the law. Even if you don't like the law, abide by the law. Even if you're not fond of the lawgivers, abide by the law. Be subject to the governing authorities, no matter where your perspective is politically. Whatever opinion you may have or how strong that opinion is or how tentative that opinion is. If you think things are getting better or you think things are getting worse, here is the Word of God. Obey the law. Abide by the law. Be subject to the governing authorities. <clears throat> Knowing that there are purposes, divine purposes, and they're identified all through this passage and in the passage read by our brother earlier. God's purposes identified with these phrases. Instituted by God 
what God has appointed. The civil servant is God's minister. There's God's wrath on the wrongdoer. That is a purpose of government to avoid God's wrath. The authorities are ministers of God. God is all over this. And he is exhibiting to us very clearly the obligation of obedience. And he's even giving us all these purpose phrases. And you see a pattern in these repeated references to God. You see that he is involved in what he instituted. God appointed. The authorities are ministers of God. There is in all of this an expectation that God's people respect what God has set up. Everybody ought to respect what God has set up. Everybody ought to abide by the law, knowing that God has acted on his purposes. God wants good to be encouraged and protected. It says, do what is good and you will receive his approval. But God also wants wrong conduct to be punished. It says, if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Government on earth is something God set up. Verse 1 says, <clears throat> in one of those purpose phrases, instituted by God. God intends for good to be encouraged and protected. He intends for wrong or evil to be punished. God's purpose and God's power is foundational to civil government. Men may not live up to God's purposes, but that doesn't mean we throw out Romans 13. It does not mean that we read the newspaper or see the news and discover that somebody involved in civil government has done something we don't like or done something corrupt or absolutely evil, so we're going to throw the passage out. No, sir. We may not like the policy decisions of powerful men. We may not like the people who make the laws, promote the agendas, and we may hear people speak foolishly and seem not to have our best conditions in mind. But remember, Paul wrote this under the tyranny of Nero. And he said, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Law and order is good for society. Anarchy is a plague on all societies. Rebellion carries the threat of divine judgment. Listen again, please. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities... Resist what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Does that not make it all very serious? Romans 13, 1 to 7. And to this add the phrase, if you do wrong, be afraid. 
And consider the statement in verse 4 about God's wrath against the wrongdoer. It's more than a speeding ticket, isn't it? God's wrath against the wrongdoer. Rebellion carries the threat of divine judgment. There is an example in Acts chapter 5 of Christians not obeying the authorities. Within the framework of that example and Luke's description of it, it is not that they didn't like the authorities or wanted other authorities to be in place. They did not obey the authorities because the government was saying to the apostles to shut down the preaching of the gospel. The government told the apostles to shut up, to not preach the gospel. Their response exhibited their greater loyalty to God. They said, we must obey God rather than man. But where no such conflict is present, rebellion carries the threat of divine judgment. God's instruction is so stated as to restrain anarchy and to keep Christians focused on preaching Christ, walking in Christ, with our hope fixed in Him. We live with governments we may not like, but there is no direction to us to overthrow them or compete with them. Fortunately, in our system of government, we have voice and vote. We have influence within the framework of our citizenship. <clears throat> but when passion takes us to rebellion, we cannot just throw out Romans 13. Equally relevant in all this discussion is the book of Revelation in which keeping the commandments of God in the face of government opposition is central to that message. The writer of Revelation, John, told the people to keep the commandments of God, though they lived in times of experiencing fierce hostility against the government that increased measurably every single day. One of our goals this year is walking with Jesus daily. As you engage in that walk, and as I engage in that walk, we must take this with us. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. For those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out 
God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection. Not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. This passage reminds Christians of God's wisdom expressed in earthly government. This passage puts evil people on notice of God's wrath. This passage puts good people on notice that government as set up by God is an instrument of safety for the innocent. While our tax system and our regulations are complicated and cumbersome and sometimes unjust, this says pay taxes and be in subjection. I cannot ignore that. Do you think Paul and the Christians in Rome agreed with Nero? When the Roman Senate oppressed people with increasing taxes, do you think Christians had no opinion about that? While those people didn't live in a democracy, they had their opinions. And perhaps under guarded circumstances, <coughs> they spoke of their viewpoints and their opinions. But unless they were told to disobey God, they were instructed by God to abide by the laws of their land. Now, this sermon is being recorded. If you think you heard something political in this sermon, go back to our website tonight and listen again. I want you to be certain there is no political commentary, policy discussion, or endorsement anywhere in the sermon. This is about what the text says in Romans 13. We've read it. We've looked carefully at the specific statements from God and I hope we are firm in our resolve that we will not throw out Romans 13. God has made it clear throughout His Word that He will not tolerate anarchy. Whatever our concerns, whatever our opinions about policy and taxes and state and local government, the conduct of officials, we do not agree with. The Bible says the same thing that said in the time of Nero, be subject to the governing authorities. Let's be standing as we sing. Almost persuaded.